but you chase you chase moments like that for that sure. make you feel alive because mm-hmm. like guess what an insurance salesman mm-hmm. may make more money than me they don't have that you feeling. don't feel alive on friday night nope. at 6 30 like i do nope and so that's why i tell these guys right like, i do this because i'm trying to be you right, right. i'm trying right. to live vicariously yep. through you yep. for a couple hours every friday night You heard that there. That is Mishawaka High School's head football coach, Keith Kinder, talking about how electric game nights are at Steel Stadium. More of that later, but first. Welcome to Round the Bend Now and Then, a podcast that shines a light on the South Bend and Mishawaka areas past and present. Through interviews with local business owners, leaders, and community members, our listeners and I learn together about all of the great people and great things going on in our community as we also learn about South Bend and Mishawaka's history and how intertwined our past is with our present. Last week, you heard all about Mishawaka High School's Steel Stadium and how it is so much more than just grass, bleachers, and field goal posts. Mishawaka historian Pete DeKeever joined me and we learned that it was built at a time when many families were uncertain where their next meal was coming from during the Great Depression. Mishawaka School and city leaders had the vision to propose building the finest stadium in the state, and some say in the Midwest. But it wasn't your run-of-the-mill construction project. It was constructed as a part of the Works Progress Administration, or WPA for short, which was a program created by the Franklin Roosevelt Administration to get unemployed citizens back to work, all while injecting sorely needed money back into the local economy. But if you asked the actual workers who helped construct the stadium, it was so much more than just a construction project. Many were Mishawaka graduates and residents themselves, so they knew they were providing their city with something bright to rally around when everything else seemed so dark. What they might not have known is that they were building the foundation of a tradition, the tradition of a high school football stadium that 80 plus years later still stands tall, just a stone's throw from Mishawaka High School. When I was working on last week's episode, I thought that it would be really cool to actually head to Steel Stadium and record there. And who better to talk to about the relationship between a city's love of a football team and its tradition-filled historic stadium than the head coach of the Mishawaka Cavemen football team himself, Mr. Keith Kinder. So in this episode, I meet with Coach Kinder in his office, deep in the bowels of historic Steel Stadium. We talk about balancing all of the traditions and everything else that comes with leading a 100-year-old-plus football program. As you'll hear, more than anything, however, above all other history and above all other traditions, Coach Kinder cares deeply about his players and wants them to be a success on and off the field. Next, I ask Keith to tell us a little bit about himself. And as you'll hear, his upbringing attending school as a kid was similar to the community he serves now, even down to the dang maroon colors. We'll start with a little brief introduction. Tell me where you're from, high school, all that stuff. Yeah, so uh, I grew up in um, this area, Mm -hmm. Uh, grew up, went to Moran Elementary through fifth grade, Uh, 
my parents are both Jimtown graduates. And oh, okay. At, like at the end of my fifth grade year at Moran, mm-hmm. they they informed us that we were moving across the street from our from my dad's parents. So we were moving into the Jimtown district. Okay. I was absolutely crushed to be oh. leaving my my friends, but uh-huh. uh, ended up being a, a great experience. So I'm a Jimtown grad. Graduated in 1999. Had the opportunity to play three sports, which mm-hmm. had I gone to Penn. Uh, likely would no. not have been no you know an option so um had had a really great high school experience uh-huh. uh it was really neat you know i had a lot of the same teachers that my parents did so you know um you know those that loved my mother were uh excited to see me as a student and those that <laughs> you know had my father as a student had some preconceived <laughs> notions of of who i was going to be but you know and that's what's so neat about working at right. this place. You know, uh-huh. Mishawaka's in my mind is just a bigger version of big family of Jimtown. Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. it's a really small tight knit community. Uh-huh. You know, the we we have 1400 students and yep. they all live in about a, a probably a 2 mile radius of each <laughs> yeah. other. It's just kind of compacted. So, oh yeah. Um it's it's just a it's like it's like how I grew up here. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. Everybody knows you and everything. Yeah. And you're wearing the same colors, right? Correct. Jim, the maroon. maroon. Yep. So you didn't need maroon. to change your wardrobe yep. over the years. Next, I asked Keith about his path to becoming the head coach at Mishawaka. And as you'll hear, like most of our paths, the trajectory is never a straight one. There are many zigs, zags, ups and downs. And he learned something early on and something that I wholeheartedly agree with and I live and breathe it every day. It's all about relationships. Talk to me about your path to becoming the, the head coach of the Mishawaka Cavemen. Man, it was so weird. Uh, you know, I, I, went to, I went to college at Trine. It was Tri-State at the time. Yes, in to, Angola. To play football. Okay. I was an education major. Uh-huh. I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. Um, I hated in college, you wanted to be a teacher coach. You knew. It, yeah, I did. Okay. Um, but it's not that simple. Uh, no, I, I hated, I hated uh, college football. I, I just really? didn't like it. It was, it was not a fun experience. I had been so used to like being around great yeah. coaches that love building relationships. Yeah. And you yeah. go to college and you're just a number. Yeah. And you walk by the head coach on campus or the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. on campus and they don't, they even, don't even know they you. They don't even talk to you or know you. So it just wasn't a great experience. And so I moved to Indianapolis uh, with mm-hmm. who is now our defensive coordinator. Really? Um, Matt okay. Matt Lewinsky was a high school buddy. Um, and I got into journalism. I just completely changed my major, got into journalism. So I graduated um college uh got a job at the elkhart truth working mm-hmm. in the sports department uh made about 11 dollars an hour i think wow um, but yeah. did have insurance at least <laughs> uh, but then just couldn't yeah, couldn't make any money yes, you know exactly. and so then i moved to like a part-time sports writer uh-huh. full-time in the rv industry um I was terrible at that job. I wasn't passionate about it. I'll admit I passionate. showed up late yep. probably three or yep. four times a week. Yep. You know, just absolutely hated it. Felt like I uh-huh. had no purpose. And a buddy of mine, uh, probably two years into that, got the head baseball job at South Bend Adams. Okay. Um, we were dating friends, uh-huh. you know, like the, the girl he was dating, yeah. the girl I was dating were like best friends. And we got to talking 
um, at a bar one night. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he found out that I was passionate about A, the Counting Crows, which were his favorite band, and B, <laughs> baseball. And then he was like, well, why don't you help me coach baseball? Yeah. And I did that first year and I fell in love with coaching and I knew that coaching that age level too, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. It was just like the the building the the connection and, and we were we were absolutely terrible, I think, in our first year. We won three or four games. Hey. But by the end of I, I think our third season together, mm-hmm. we had won the sectional at, at yeah. what was the Cove at the time. Uh-huh. And it was a really uh-huh. cool experience. Um, my brother ended up coaching with us, so okay. I got to share that experience with him. And I kind of knew that, you know, I I wanted to then chase that. Yeah. And so um, I went to Bethel, got transitioned to transition teaching to program, teach, yeah. got in that, got a job while I was doing transition to teaching okay. at John Young doing study hall. That's a foot in the door. Try to get try to get a teaching job. Yeah. There you have it. That was easy. He's in the Mishawaka school system, and the rest is history. <laughs> Yeah, right. He obviously had the itch to continue coaching, but next, you'll find out exactly what steps he took to continue his growth. And it's yet another one of those everything happens for a reason type journeys. It was right around the times of the rifts in this area. Yep. So Mishawaka didn't have anything Uh for me. So I went and I... I loved the offense that we were coaching in, you know, the option offense. Yeah. So I, I did some homework. I got on the DOE bank. Okay. The job bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cross-referenced the openings with good football programs that ran a similar offense. Just so you can grow and learn. Correct. And right. I ended up at Southern Wells um, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere. Where the hell? Where, where in the world is Southern so Wells? So it is about 40 miles straight south of Fort Wayne near oh, Bluffton. Dude, yeah, that's the middle near of Bluffton. I mean, it was literally the middle of nowhere. I coached three sports from the jump. I was a football assistant, yeah. JV basketball, and they made me the head baseball coach, mainly because they had nobody else Of course, else you got to do what you got to do, do. So yeah. Like, I, uh, I just immersed myself in the community uh-huh. um, and, and had an absolute blast, and I, I loved it. The wow. thing that I hated was Isolation. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. There was no one around. I yep. came, like on Sundays, I would drive to Fort Wayne just, just to see people. human beings. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and so after, right before the start of my second year at Southern Wells, Mishawaka mm. calls and offers me a job, uh-huh. and we're like a teaching job, a teaching a, yeah. job, and a coaching job. Right. Um, and we're like a week and a half into two a days, mm. and I turned it down. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't leave. Wow, yeah, this community and in that amount of time at that time, yeah. The second year was really hard on me at Southern Wells. Like yeah. I, I had just started feeling like really lonely. Yeah, to be of honest course. with you, and and it you're was, used to people up here. Correct. You're used to family, and friends. all my friends, all my family, and as much as your family wants to support you, my dad made it to every Friday night of football course. game. You know, but other than that, then he went home afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> right, it was right. it was really lonely. Um, the same scenario repeated itself at the end of going into my third year at Southern uh-huh. Wells. A week into two-a-days, Mishawaka calls, 
It's the director of HR. His name yeah. is Greg Hicksonball. Oh, yeah. A fantastic guy. Uh-huh. He calls me and he says, I got another job. Right. And you, if you tell me no this time, I'm never Done. gone again. Like It's an offer you can't you refuse. Are, you are taking. Yeah. And I, and I remember... I remember taking taking the call, hanging up, calling the head football coach, uh-huh. and his name's Mark Lefevre. He won a state championship. He, he should be in the Hall of Fame, um, and and saying, yeah. I, I got to do it. Right. And uh, I, I went to the principal, and I went to his house. He and I be, had become wow, really, really yeah. close, and, and I, I'm bawling my eyes yep, out, but I'm course. like, if, of if course. this place could be transplanted yep. up here, I'd never leave. Right. Like, I love, I absolutely loved it. I told him, like, I, I ain't going to get, I'm, I'm never going to meet my wife here. Yeah. Like, I, yep. At the, I yep. had gotten a late start. So yep. I'm pushing 30 at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I'm a single guy yep. living by myself. And so I knew that it was as hard as it was, it was the right move for me. So I got up here. Um, and you know, instantly immersed myself in the in football the program. Yep. I was a volunteer coach. Um, I, I was an assistant track coach for a number of mm-hmm. years, um, and just kind of worked my way up to to where eventually I became the offensive coordinator here. Yep, yep. And then, yep. kind of out of the blue, um, Coach Curtis decided that he was going to move on to to Warsaw. And you know, to make a really long story short, you know, I I put my name in that right in, in the ring, and you know, they ended up picking me. Next, I asked Keith what he was most nervous about as he began leading the Mishawaka football program. And as you'll hear, the rich tradition is something that he wanted to continue and even improve upon. What were you most afraid of or scared of or nervous of? Of moving back here? No, taking over the Mishawaka head coaching football job. Just that... I was going to ruin it, you know, like, (laughs) so you're thinking like doomsday. Well, I was thinking like, you know, I think everybody, you know, if you're in this job, you know, it's similar to you. Like Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be the guy. Absolutely. And then when they tell you you're the guy, you're like, Oh, (laughs) now what? You know, like I got the thing that I think I wanted. Right. But did I really want it? Yeah. What if, what if it doesn't go the way Uh that I expect it to go or others do? Right. It's on me now, yep. right? Like, and it's such a such a different feeling because I remember even as the offensive coordinator, as passionate about it as I uh-huh. was, I could go home yep. at night and it yep. was it was over with, yep. right? I can't now, right? Right. Um, I don't think I was prepared for how it was going to consume me. I see. You know. Yes. And, yes. But I think my biggest fear was we had been successful, uh-huh. and my biggest fear was I wanted to carry on the tradition of this place, and right. I wanted to try to make it better. Right. And, right. And so um, it, it was really, it was really hard. I remember like our first Sunday meeting before the very first game for me as the head coach. Uh-huh. We're in the Sunday meeting. We're doing the game plan, and and we're like all looking at this whiteboard, and we're like, okay, here's what we think we could do. What are we gonna do? And and like. I was like, okay, what, what, what are we going to do? And everyone's looking at me like, well, it's your call now. Yeah. And that was like the first time I was like, oh. Yes. Yeah, okay. And then it's yep. just kind of, we've, we've hit the ground running. So it's a whole, it's a whole different ball of wax when, when the buck stops at your seat. It, Truly. It really, it really is. Truly. And it, there's a lot of fun uh-huh. parts about that, and there's a lot of 
not fun parts about that. I have a little theory. And next, I asked Keith about something that I think is passed down from one Mishawaka head football coach to another in some backroom ceremony in some secret room in the depths of Steel Stadium. When you took over the Mishawaka job, there's tons of tradition in Mishawaka football. Is there some book of secrets that they give you how to carry on the Mishawaka tradition? No, you know, I think it's just uh, no book of secrets. I think it's just being around a lot. And I think yeah. the, the book of secrets is, is this place, uh -huh. right? Like you just, you try to respect okay this place yeah um we try to build some some new traditions yep. of our own and ex expand on them you know but i think the biggest thing is you know i tell our kids all the time you know the number of people that have been in that yes. same seat yes as you and, yes. and thinking about that as yes. you go out to to practice as uh -huh. you go out to play like we're we're not just here for ourselves yep. and and Mishawaka football is going to be here long after right. all of us are. So really, it's just a matter of for a for a small period of right. time, we're the ones that get to be carry that torch. Yeah, you know. And and so it's 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 a really neat opportunity that we have. There's not a lot of places like this place. No, and that's that's kind of why I joke with the book of secrets. It's like how do you? It's almost like. We'll let you coach, but you have to continue. And it's just, it's almost inherently, it's a given that when you take over this program, you are going to carry on a tradition, but also implement new, you know, new traditions for you guys too. Right. Next, I asked Keith to describe some of the positives about having such a dedicated community supporting the program. And everything speaks, and it speaks loudly that he thinks of his kids first and foremost. I've been to a couple of Mishawaka football games. Last season, I went to like two or probably three or four of them. Came out and supported. It gets wild. Yeah. Some of these fans are extremely dedicated, and you could tell that they've been coming to games for weekend at, or Friday after Friday after Friday for years, even without kids here. Yeah. Um, what are some positives about having that much support? Well, I, I think the the neatest part is just for our kids. It's just so cool that our kids yeah. have the support here. Because, you know, when when we were growing up, that was every Friday night everywhere, okay. mm -hmm. right? Like, yes. I, I mean, yeah, it was places were full. Yeah. High school football was a thing yep. to do. It's There's so many more options of things to do now. Right. I mean, you could sit at home and now watch the game. Correct, live. on your phone. So, like, I think <laughs> this place is special because our attendance has stayed pretty steady. Like, mm -hmm. people still come to games it's still right. the thing to do on a friday night and so uh i i think it's fantastic now right. i don't have to sit in the stands and listen to all the people <laughs> say how big of an idiot i am yeah and, and we are like my wife has to has to go oh, through sometimes but yeah you know um i think that you know as with anything like passionate people are what of course are what, are what makes makes this exciting right so, right um, there's always going to be people that, that think you're doing things the wrong way, but right. our, our kids understand, at least I hope they understand yes. how, how important Mishawaka football is yes. to the people in our community. Yes. Um, <laughs> just sit in the stands for a bit and they'll, they'll tell you. With all of the passion that we just talked about, there also comes some unreasonable expectations. And like most of us, we tend to forget 
that these are just kids out there. I'm learning that slowly but surely that yeah. you're not going to please no. everyone. No. You know, it, you can only try to do what you think is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that sometimes the fans, as passionate as they are, forget that, right. number one, we're, we're working with 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. <laughs> and number two, you're working with teachers Correct. and coaches who have families Correct. who are working 70 hours a week Absolutely. for these people exactly. and being paid very poorly. So like it's not it's like it's not the NFL. Correct. It's you know, not you're not living football. in mansions, it's like not college. Not, correct. No, there's no NILs. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I always find interest in, you know, the people on social media that right. says, you know, Mishawaka should have passed the ball more. Mm-hmm. Or this, mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, let me tell you, if you can draw up a four three defense <laughs> against this formation, then <laughs> right. you can start telling me exactly. what you think I would do. Like I it's not even the doing a good job. In terms of winning and losing, I want I want our community to understand yeah. that like the ultimate goal here is to create good husbands, good Absolutely. fathers, good Absolutely. people, and teach them valuable life lessons mm-hmm. about hey, when things go bad, mm-hmm. I've got an experience that I went through yep. that I can overcome anything. So, and then it translates into winning games, right? So. Of course. For the next several minutes, we talk about Steel Stadium itself. I asked Keith about his favorite thing about the stadium, and you can really tell that he truly appreciates all of the history and tradition that it holds, even with all of its idiosyncrasies. Man, let's talk about this stadium a little bit. We've already hit it up a little bit. We've talked about it. The, the field here is pushing 100 years old. The, stadi- the, the stands here, a little over 80. Man, what are your favorite things about the stadium here? Oh man, um, I still think it's really special. But but pre big video board, yes, the backdrop of the school, yeah, right into the end zone. Back yeah. in the old days, before the video uh-huh. board, our scoreboard sat on top of the school. I got you, and it was just a beautiful scene, unimpeded, yeah. old. You know, I mean our. This school is beautiful from the gorgeous, outside. Gorgeous. It sits in the middle of a neighborhood. Uh-huh. Like I think it like I love the fact that we have houses surrounding us. We are in a yep. neighborhood. A we house can a, throw a st- literally throw a stone and hit the We field. are a yeah, we are a neighborhood, neighborhood stadium program. Yep. We yep. have people that will be on their walks with their dogs and stop <laughs> and watch us practice. That is you know, so awesome. It, it really is. Like, but then just the fact that, like you said, but you walk in here, yeah, and you re- like it is not new. It is not shiny. It nope. has not been a million dollars invested. Right. It, it, this is exactly how yep. it was originally right. intended. Um, and I think there's something really neat about that. Uh-huh. I think it's really neat that we we are starting to add some modern things, you know, sort of like Wrigley we, Field yeah, or Fenway. Wrigley. Yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Like you, you take the bones right. and you make it appealing. Like hopefully we end up with turf yeah. at some point. Um, but like it's just it's so neat. To, to get to come to work mm-hmm. here every day. Yeah, I hope eventually is. they build us a new office you know, so that we can get out of the, the mothball and dust-infested area. I hope someday we get a, a locker room that, yeah. that has a little bit better air ventilation. Right. But I still want to keep 
It builds character, this, man. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so cool. Knowing that most kids these days aren't the biggest of uh, local history nerds, he still tries to instill a sense of history in his team by reminding them to be in the moment and have an appreciation for playing a game that many wish they still could be playing. You already hit up on some of the instilling a sense of that history in your players. On a so on a I don't know, day-to-day, week-to-week basis, that's something that you try to do is just continue to instill a sense of history in your players with the stadium and everything. And you know it's just almost a given. Yeah. What I've found is that kids don't really care about that stuff anymore. (laughs) That's what I I was gonna get to. I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, do you ever talk about your successes that you had Mm -hmm. as a player in high school? And I I always say they don't care. Like that that's not important to them. What I do remind them of before kickoff every Friday night when Uh we're in that when we're in that building is that they are in special company. Absolutely. Yeah. There are people literally sitting directly above them. Quite literally. And you can see the cement stands right above us. That used to that used to be down here in this room. And no longer, I'm getting chills I know, talking about it. They, those people, <laughs> yes, no longer get to be nope. down here. Nope. And those people would give anything they could. They would to give back to get back down they here. They would. And just a little further down are some young kids yep. right above us that can't wait for the moment. That's true. To get down here. And so, what's really wild is I can remember the first time that I wanted to be a high school football player. Mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and I remember it. Mm-hmm. And I remember it seeming like it was going to take forever to get here, nope. right? Like it was just going to take forever, and it dragged on. And then you get you get here, and in the blink of an eye, it's done, Yeah, right? And you only get four years That's of it. it. It's like it, yep. the best, some of the best memories I have are in that four-year window. Oh, yeah. And they're gone, and you spend the rest of your life right chasing it you know yep. i always tell our kids that's why that's why i do this job mm-hmm. like it's obviously not about the money right. it's about chasing the moments yep. that get your blood going yep. like, and, and you have kids like oh yeah I, I tell our kids all the time like there's nothing that will ever replace mm-hmm. the first time you see your baby mm-hmm. when it's born right right but you chase you chase moments like that for that sure make you feel alive because mm-hmm. like guess what an insurance salesman mm-hmm. may make more money than me. They don't have that. He don't feel alive on Friday night nope. at six thirty like I do. Nope. And so that's why I tell these guys, right? Like, I do this because I'm trying to be you, right? right? I'm trying right. to live vicariously yep. through you yep. <laughs> for a couple hours every Friday night. Even though the kids may not be doctoral students in Mishawaka football history, they still do have a sense of the tradition behind the program, as it is written all over the locker room walls. I guarantee you, if you asked any of your players, they understand the history. I, I, mean, I, I mean, like they couldn't tell you, oh, this was built in 1937, but they still understand the tradition. They do. You and know? that's why, you know, when I showed you where we, where we paint. Uh-huh the year underneath what we win the yeah. morning after. Yeah. And I think that the, the fact that that's there, like correct. You, if you're in this locker room every day for mm-hmm. four months, 
you're going to see you're going to see that you're going to see the numbers you're going to see oh my goodness yep. we were undefeated in 1947 or whatever it was like or even we, more recently my brother was on that team correct my uncle was on this team you know and and um, and I want to be up there. Yeah, you're right? darn like, right. I want yep. my number up there. Yep. I want to be able to bring my kids in here someday. Right, right. And show them that. Right. And so I think that's the that's the way you kind of that integrated and kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. Next, you'll find out that opposing players have to get a bit creative when preparing for football games at Steel Stadium. What are some of the biggest complaints that you hear from opposing uh, fans or players about playing here? The 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 visitor locker room is it is no, that the complaints yeah, you get no, hands down yeah it's it, without question uh-huh. it's tiny okay it's actually where our freshmen it's okay. our freshman locker room so like it, <laughs> every Thursday during right. the season our freshmen have to get have all their junk out yeah out their locker room oh. to put it into equipment room so that the visitors can come in okay and I'm I'm telling you you can probably fit 30 people in there comfortably. Oh my God. We got people bringing like 60, 70 people. Yeah. So people have to take turns Have to get dressed out on the practice field. You know, that's the biggest complaint. Competitive advantage. Yeah. That's what we call it. Yeah. And the second biggest complaint is, you know, mid to mid to late season, the field. field. Yeah. Yeah, The field gets torn up. It's a natural surface. Right. Our practice field isn't a full width. Yeah. So we have to practice a lot on the game field, which means that the game field gets torn up. Right. So you you get the band out there too. It's it's used. Without without question, those are the two complaints. The field and the opposing locker room. Competitive advantages. That's what we call them. Yep. I wish that this was a video podcast as well. Because if you could have seen the look on Coach Kinder's face when I told him that I surveyed his players to ask him questions. I really didn't, but I thought it was funny. You'll hear about that next. I was able to survey some of your players for some potential questions to ask you. Really? Coach, when you were a football player in high school and your football coach was getting on your nerves, what strategies did you use to not react and say something you'd regret later? This is a real question from a player. Oh. <laughs> I, so I remember one time, I think it was my senior year. We had just, you know, we had just come off winning the state championship. Mm-hmm. It's early in the first week of the, of my senior year. And I thought I was something special. And Ooh. he, he was getting on my nerves, uh-huh. and I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I believe I told him to shut up in some right. way, shape, in or some form. fashion. And he made me feel <laughs> about this big. Um, and and I remember afterwards, he, you know, like a parent said, "Hey, listen, I'm really disappointed." Yeah. In the way that, like, you're supposed to be a leader. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing, but. I hope that we don't annoy our kids. I right. know that I know that they get irritated. Of I mean, course. we have high standards. You're not doing right? your job if they're not getting irritated. For them. Yes. Um, you know, we try to we try to tell them like, "Hey, it may not sound like it and Correct. it may not seem like it, but this is love." Absolutely. Right? Like we we love you yep. and we expect the most of you. Um, so I I know that right. that that we 
we annoy them. Right. But it goes back to what you said at the beginning with you playing football at Tri-State. You didn't feel the relationship. You didn't feel the love. Right. If, if you felt the relationships and if you felt the love when those coaches did get on you, right. it wouldn't be as big of a deal because right. you know it's all from the heart. Just like if you guys were to get on your kids here, it's all from the heart. They feel yeah. the love, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's because you've built that foundation of the relationship. Right. Man, this isn't the nineteen. This isn't the 1930s when the stadium was built. No, it's When not. you march these boys out there and it's like boot camp. It's all about relationships, right. man. Next, I read another question from one of Keith's players. You'll hear how proud Keith was early on in his tenure to have his family immersed in the Mishawaka High School community. His own little three-year-old son was proud as well. So proud that he made sure to leave his mark. Coach, what were your thoughts when you looked over during a live scrimmage and saw your little son peeing all over the Mishawaka M? You know, I... <laughs> that's it. Um, it What's really funny about that is we I was on the field with with our JV and uh-huh. I I saw my my kid over there with several other kids and they were running around uh-huh. the M. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is exactly what it's cool. I want. Like yeah. I want our kids to grow up. Like there's got to be yeah. some perks to to your dad being the head football coach. Darn right. There's got to be some perks to your dad being a football coach at Mishawaka. Right. And so it gave me great joy to see to see him running around in that end. Two plays later, <laughs> I look up, and it's not even that he's peeing; it's that his 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 pants are down to his ankles, like a three year old pees. And and fortunately, it was the scrimmage. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't even even had my phone on me. I get my cell phone out uh-huh. and I call my wife and she's like, uh, what? Yeah. And I said, um, Funny. your son is pissing on the block M right yeah. now. And she said, oh my God. And at the same time, our offensive coordinator's wife, Jenny Shaw, uh-huh. saw it and starts walking towards Cameron to like, <laughs> but I've got a picture of it. And it, someday I'm going to. Great. I hope he's a player here. Yes, and I can show at his him graduation, that at his commencement, yeah. or something. I don't know that. Well, you know how it's it's popular now to reenact younger pictures. I don't think that'll be one. Yeah, that we you probably might but, get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next, we talk about some of the coaching techniques that he has learned from his own father, who, as Keith says, his 1980s coaching style led him to be a bit hard on him as a kid, but now. He is his biggest fan. Hey, I heard your uh, your dad used to coach you, coach baseball. Is that right, or coach yeah. you? Mm-hmm. What um, did you take any coaching styles from him? You know, or did you take any anti coaching styles from him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really, really hard on me. Okay, um, and I think that he'll admit that yeah. to you. You know, I just think that things have changed so much that there's there's certain styles yeah. that I can't you know right reenact but you try to take the message and figure out a way to do it now right exactly yeah you you hated the fact that we ran pursuit drill Mm -hmm. where you're sprinting for 20 straight minutes Mm -hmm. but guess what I can show you on film you made that you're dang right because of what you did on the practice field so you try to take the the lesson without the 
action necessarily. Absolutely. I also absolutely. have a great picture somewhere of, I mean, I'm a t- it's T-ball. It, yeah, I know it's T-ball because in the background there is a T, and he is down in a catcher's position uh-huh. standing at me, and he is poking me in the chest because <laughs> I have upset him with something. I have that picture as well. Like, he, he was hard on me. But right? you know what, though? Who is your biggest fan right now, do you think? My dad. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you got any uh, little traditions each Friday night? Does he yeah. come down a little early? And yeah, he gets or? here early and he he saves. He's the seat mm-hmm. saver, and we have a team meeting where I where I talk to our team mm-hmm. in in the cl- in a classroom before they go to their position meetings and then come out in the locker room to get dressed. And and after my portion of the team mm-hmm. meeting, I come up there and. And See, I sit with my dad for about ten to cool, fifteen man. minutes. And How special is that? It's it's really you, you special. You know that there's a lot of folks out there who we're we're in our forties, man. They don't have their parents around, right? And and for him to be able to uh, to see you down there and to to. He probably thinks back in his head all the times he was poking you out there yeah. on the field, but yeah. how how cool is that? It's re- man? it's really neat. How and, cool is that? You know, it's it's cool to to be able to share. Yep. In this experience with him, you know, he always says that. Yeah, he's forty-five and zero, and I'm zero and fifteen. You know, he <laughs> takes the credit for our wins, but I'm sure. Yeah, we wrap it up next when I ask Keith a reflective question about his players twenty or thirty years from now. Twenty, thirty, forty years from now, when you're back here on the field for a reunion game or something like that, and you know you're coming up giving your 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 players that hug and everything. What's something that you want them to tell you that they learned from you 30 or 40 years ago? You know, I, I think about that a lot. I, I, hope, I hope that they tell me that they built some lasting relationships Absolutely. as a part of this program. I hope they've got guys that they're still friends with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I hope that they're good husbands yep. and good fathers. And, and I hope that they understand mm-hmm. at that point the time commitment yep. and, and the effort and energy that not just I put into this, but that collectively, the, collectively the group put into this to make yep. this a special experience for them. And it's not something that you can know right now. No. Um, but I number one, I hope I'm here 30 years. Now. <laughs> you know that. That'd be great. That put me at seventy three. I'll feel I'll feel pretty good about myself. But yeah, I that's that's one of the best parts about doing this is particularly in this this week and next week. Right. The the kids that over the course of the past five or six years okay. are no longer a part of the program. Yeah. These are the two weeks that they come by the most. Yeah. So they'll, they'll pop by. And I, right. I always tell our players like you you may not like us now. Right. But you're gonna come back. In four or five years, mm-hmm. and yep. the first person you're going to give a hug is the guy that that you hated the most yeah. at the time. That's right? true, because man. they're going to be the ones that that high, had high expectations of you. See, the problem right now is that not just at our place, there there aren't enough people holding kids to high expectations, and so you, they're not used to it. Correct. They hate it. Yep. And then when they realize. Mm-hmm. what it did for them then they're like okay yeah thank you for listening to another episode of round the bend now and then 
a special thank you to Coach Keith Kinder for sharing your experiences coaching in Historic Steel Stadium. Continued good luck with the program, and may you beat just about every team you play, except, of course, John Adams High School. Keep touching lives, man. Keep helping them build a foundation for a lifetime of success. Folks, do me a favor. Leave a review on whatever podcast app that you're listening to us on. Also, follow us on all of the socials. Twitter, Round the Bend Pod. Facebook, Round the Bend Now and Then. If you need to reach out, be sure to email roundthebend574 at gmail.com. And as always, please share the podcast with those that you feel would enjoy it. Join us again next time as we learn more about South Bend and Mishawaka's now and then.